it's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Tell me something I don't know, Ump. Well, unlike that nasty curveball, there aren't any surprises when you finance your next car with Carvana. You get real terms personalized for you right in your strike zone. Really? Steeride! How am I supposed to focus when you're telling me about Carvana? Well, Slugger, you gotta keep your eye on the ball. Just like you can keep an eye on your customized down and monthly car payments. I can customize those? He's out and on his way to finance his next car with Carvana. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to get pre-qualified today. We'll drive you happy at Carvana. The topics and opinions expressed on the following show are solely those of the hosts and their guests and not those of W4WN Radio, its employees, or affiliates. We make no recommendations or endorsements for radio show programs, services, or products mentioned on air or on our web. No liability, explicit or implied, shall be extended to W4WN Radio, its employees, or affiliates. Any questions or comments should be directed to those show hosts. Thank you for choosing W4WN Radio. Welcome to Success Secrets Exposed with Sally A. Curtis, where we share stories of challenge, success, and inspiration along with practical tips and strategies to move you forward to your success. And now, here's your host, Sally A. Curtis. Good morning, good evening, and good day to you. Uh, welcome to the show. It's going to be fast paced and very, very high energy. I've got a very special friend and guest joining us again um, today. We're going to be talking about content creation and content repurposing. So for those that are actually new to the show, just to give you a little bit of context, uh, my background is as a marketing strategist, specifically for coaches, consultants and uh, speakers. Most of the work that I do is helping them either problem solve or leverage their existing resources. Typically, that's um, helping them repurpose their content. Um, and my guest today is also a marketing strategist, and she's very much the other end of the scale around content creation. So let me give you a little bit of a background on Lauren. So Lauren Crest um, is the business scientist. She's um, very, very strong in brand, building personal brands, the strategy, content creation and getting a return on investment as it relates to your content and the things that you're doing online. Um, she actually helps clever people bring their personal brands to life through audio visual stories. And as you'll see in a minute, uh, both of us feed off each other's energy. So it's either going to be a very, very high energy uh, session today, or we'll get into some deep, deep dives. So one or the other will happen today. But regardless, you'll get some great tips and some great insights around content creation and content repurposing. And can you please help me welcome Lauren Crest to the show? Hey, Sally. <laughs> I can say good morning to you because you're just over the other side of Australia to me. So welcome. Thank you. Yeah, 30, 30 minutes ahead, I think we are. <laughs> Up a bit earlier than me. So thank you for joining us. And um, as I expressed before, I love uh, the sharing time with you and the conversations that we've had and the different times you've come in and spoken for me and vice versa. But I'm really um, thrilled to talk with you because of your, your depth of that marketing strategy as it relates to the customer emotions, their desires and that journey that a customer goes on. So can you tell us a little bit, a, a bit of your background as to why the business scientist and why this area that's very much your inner genius? Yeah, well, thank you so much for having me on the show. Firstly, Sally, I really appreciate it. And I love our chats. Uh, yeah, so I studied science. I That was my first uh, sort of degree was in science. And I basically decided, I guess, like I kind of went through that existential angst of, you know, trying to work out in my, as a 19-year-old and 20-year-old, what do I actually want to sort of do with my life? Um, and so I, you know, worked in a lab for a bit 
And I was like, I really don't like this. What am I going to do? And um, what I had been sort of doing on the side as sort of like a side project was running a blog. And this was sort of back in, I think, 2007, 2008 when blogging was kind of cool and, uh, you know, playing around with social media and stuff. And I just loved it. Um, But having, you know, sort of studying psychology and neuroscience and then looking at communication, I could see there were so many links between these two things, you know, how do you uh, inspire someone through what you're writing? How do you help people change behavior through, uh, you know, providing knowledge and providing, you know, actionable tips and things like that? So um, I've always been really interested in helping people and looking at behavior and then kind of found this place in marketing, but I guess like marketing from the perspective of, you know, you said the word ingenious before, and I see it as it is an avenue for us to show up in the world to do our best work. You know, that's what it allows us to do. Marketing can be a dirty word, but it's really about like, how do we change ourselves for the better? And then how can we help others to change themselves for the better as well? And marketing actually allows us to do that. So yeah, that's sort of me in a nutshell, I guess. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and that sort of goes into that um, I, I love process and systems. I didn't think I did, um, but for me I really see that that understanding in the things that you create and the work that we've done together with the videoing that you've helped or the interviewing that you've helped me do. Um, and from my own experience, I know when Rory was at school, when he struggled with English, as I have, um, that's why I like talking more than writing. Um, and he he struggled with English, not so much science and maths, because he didn't know what the structure or the formula was. And I think um, what I see with you is that in a genius is because of your background and experience, you actually understand and can see the steps and the processes. And that's what you're helping bring people, uh, helping by bringing that information to life within the individual and then for the communities. So, yeah, thank you for that, Lauren. That was um, it's exciting. So let's talk a little bit around um, content um, creation and perhaps some of the mistakes that you see pe- people firstly making and then we'll get into, you know, how to get started. Yeah, absolutely. So I think there's two primary mistakes and they're kind of almost on opposite extremes so one mistake and I think um, this is one for a lot of people who are high achievers a lot of people who are ambitious and have uh, you know who are smart um, we can tend to feel like a bit of an imposter it's kind of like weird because it's like okay well if you kind of know okay you're relatively knowledgeable and smart and stuff why do we feel like an imposter but I think it's like almost because we hold ourselves to such a high standard, we can end up getting really stuck where we're like, I just don't want to put myself on camera. I don't want to put myself out there. I don't really know that much because we know how much we don't know because we're researchers and we're, 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 we're nerding out on all this great stuff and all these wonderful things that people do. And we're kind of like, oh, I'm not that person. I can't be that. So on one extreme, the mistake is that we just don't make content and then we get frustrated when people don't know who we are and they haven't heard of us and they ask us to legitimize our business or to legitimize our knowledge, you know. Um, and then I think on the other extreme, we have um, people who just go, I'm going to bombard everyone with stacks of content. doesn't really matter what it, I'm just going to throw everything at the wall and let's just see what sticks. Um, there's no strategy behind it. Um, and maybe even there can, there can be, and I don't think anyone in your audience, Sally, but there can also be some sinister things going on where people are lying about what they can do and their, what their expertise is and, and it's sort of almost just like saying whatever they can say to, to get the attention, you know, to, to attract that attention. So um, we don't want to be unstrategic and we definitely don't want to be like sinister. But again, I don't think that's your audience. I think it's more that kind of like, oh, just try stuff out. Um, we need to be strate- more strategic than that. But we also need to not get so hung up on the ideal strategy that we never put ourselves out there. Yeah. 
very much very very true i i see both extremes and i've uh, probably played in the let's just get it all out there and see what sticks and that's been so my my background and this is why i admire anyone that's come at come at something with a strategy and re really clear understandings and objectives first which is why i love our conversations is because i've been more of the wing it and let's see what works and i learn through mistakes most times I now, now I learn faster than I did and there's I always want to improve and because the audience improves, I need to change things and upgrade those sorts of things. So I think it's also important to understand and I'd love your comments on this as it relates to, yes, there's some strategies, yes, there's some basic tips, yes, we need to get started, but we also need to remember that as we grow as individuals, so does our community, everything's always evolving. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And if you're waiting too much, you miss the evolution and then then you're, you're actually further back, so you're better off keeping that, you know, forward movement happening. Yeah, totally. Like, I mean, this is why I love the scientific method and this is what I love about science and it's actually it's interesting I find myself sort of being a bit of like a science advocate in the sense of being like science doesn't know everything like don't think science is like you know people say like science is like a religion or science is a new god or something I'm like no 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 as scientists actually the whole point is to to come at problems from a very humble perspective mm. of saying I don't know what I don't know and the only way that I'm going to be able to learn, especially as entrepreneurs, especially as speakers, as people who are pushing the envelope, we're pushing the boundaries going, the new, let's find the new, let's move forward, let's progress. That's what we're doing as entrepreneurs. And so by doing that, it's almost like by definition, there's no exact plan of what to do. There might be similarities and we can probably form a hypothesis with our best guess of what will work, but it's only going to be that. It's only going to be best guess. So as a scientist, we're really at the foundation of the scientific method. It's about saying, I'm going to make an assumption based on some research, based on doing some competitor analysis, based on looking at what's out there, based on looking at what I want to learn. So what the goal of the experiment is, what do I want to learn? And I'm going to design a set of tests to see what's working and what's not working and I think it's so it's sort of like being there's a method when you have the method in the madness of trying to test things out it's like yeah you're going to get some things wrong but you're also going to get some things right and then we can learn faster and faster and like you said like evolve where if we don't start that so there's structure and there's strategy but there's also a bit of guesswork we're doing both and that's what the scientific method actually allows us to do. It's it's not a perfect thing. It's it's the opposite. <laughs> yeah. Terrific. There's just two questions coming in. The first one is, uh, are we talking social media or business? So what we're actually doing is talking about marketing and content creation, which uh, relates to social media platforms, as well as obviously growing your business and growing your personal brand. And um, the reason we're sort of tag teaming and talking in the way that we are is because uh, Lauren and I are both marketing strategists. Um, I tend to come with the strategy of let's have forward movement. What are the clients looking for? Where's your inner genius? And Lauren comes more from that scientific depth of understanding of what's going on in the marketplace as it relates to your competitors, but also as it relates to what the audience is looking for and how that needs to be interpreted for them. One of the other questions, let me just see if I can scroll back to that. Maybe not was um, what's the problem with um, placing random um, things up on LinkedIn to, on to social media to test things? Mm. I don't see that as a problem. Um, I think it's problematic if you continue to do that and not learn from it um, because that's very much has been my process. I've gone, yep, that worked. No, that didn't. And for me, when things haven't worked, um, so I look for one of my... Um, I suppose criteria when I'm testing things is I look for some form of an instant response or reaction. If I get that, then I'll keep playing with it. If it flatlines and I don't get that, I actually take it down. So I don't keep it up there, if that makes sense from a, uh, from a marketing or a social media perspective. So I think um, that's covered most of the questions that we have at the minute. Um, so, Lauren, do you have any um, comment to that before I ask another question? Yeah, I mean, I, I think the same thing. So in terms of um, that what's wrong with putting random stuff up, 
it's it's like what's the reason behind it so if the reason behind putting random stuff up is to see what works and what doesn't like i was saying well that that's great but like let's be let's be honest about how random we are actually being because because true randomness is actually very hard for us to do firstly <laughs> it's actually really hard for us to be completely random um but also like if you're kind of going, well, my goal on LinkedIn is to uh, connect with like-minded business experts in my industry and network with them for, it could be a range of things, right? It might not just be to get clients. Some people use LinkedIn that way, but it might not be. So what's that goal? And then if you're not talking to that audience and you're just talking about completely random stuff, like it won't really makes sense right like it won't so you're probably not doing there probably is a bit of a hypothesis and there probably is a bit of a guessing guessing game around it but what i find and i think we might go into this a bit sally is it's um when i'm helping clients kind of work out what worked and what didn't work that's where sometimes um there's a knowledge gap there in actually being able to truly understand the analytics versus vanity metrics say for instance yeah yeah Magic in the numbers versus the vanity. Yes, that'll be a dig, dig into that in a minute. Oh, goody. <laughs> um, so one of the questions that have just come up is what does marketing uh, consist of? So do you want to share your insights uh, on that bit? And then I'll, um, then I'll ask that next question. Yeah, so I feel like, I mean, I kind of alluded to it a little bit when we first started talking in that sense of marketing can seem like it's a, it's almost like a dirty word, sort of like sales and marketing, oh, promotion. And, you know, like different cultures respond to a bit differently. In Australia, we can be a little bit like getting too big for your boots there, you know, like we can kind of, we've got a bit of that in our culture, right? Like not not everyone, but like that, that can come through in how we've, you know, been raised and all that kind of stuff. So marketing can feel like something that's just about promotion, I'm just going to promote myself or promote my business. And I think that's an aspect of it, but it's more about how do I tell a story about how I'm helping or my value proposition, the value that I promise to offer to the world? How do I take it to my market? How do I take it to that audience so they can identify that I can solve the problem that they have? But Sally, I'd be interested in your thoughts as I don't feel like I've given a nice succinct answer there. Yeah. So uh, for me, marketing, um, when I look at it, it's a conversation you have with a client uh, or it's a conversation you have online. That to me is marketing. Um, and again, as Lauren said, that sort of mapped, is mapped based on the strategy. Are you having a conversation to both educate the audience as well as attract new clients to your business? Then obviously with that strategy, what you're putting online, um, become, there's a choreography um, process to that, you know a mix of education and a mix of promotion and a mix of this is what I'm really good at customer testimonials and those sorts of things now we have had a question come up and I'm going to leave we will come back to this one um, because it's that typical one of the difference between marketing and sales mm. um, and then I'm going to get on to the difference between marketing and business development because this is and I know you've just touched on this Lauren as it relates to vanity 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 metrics versus what the data is telling us, which is where I see marketing and business development honing in. And these are big areas that I see um, clients really, really miss is actually understanding the statistics to then work out the marketing and the business development activities. Because uh, one of my, and I'll just allude to this, one of my favourite sayings from Brad Sugars is marketing is only an expense when done uh, uh, incorrectly. And I would add to that marketing is only an expense when it's done alone without business development activities or understandings, which is what we'll, we'll come back, we'll come full circle back to that before the end of the show. But Lauren, um, can I ask you as it relates, we've just sort of talked about some of the uh, mistakes people make as it relates to content uh, creation. Um, what's some of the easiest ways for people to get started? So they're not so to get, to move them out of that stuck deer in the headlights. How do I start? What do you suggest to people? Yeah, so I actually think the first thing is like um, changing the way that we think about ourselves. So we can kind of like get stuck in 
thinking like, I mean, I've I've done this on the on the sales side or on the business. Oh no, well, I'm not a salesperson. The bad trap to fall into. Don't go down that dark dark hole that I went down. But uh, I came out the other side, you know. But we can. Oh, I'm not someone who promotes myself. I'm not someone who bugs people with content. I'm not someone. So we actually first need to start challenging whatever that is. I'm not saying that the people listening to this are that way. It's like, what's stopping you? Let's have a look at that. What, what Because if we're, the, the fact of the matter is, is if we actually identify as an expert, if we identify as a thought leader, if we identify as a business owner, and we truly get into that mindset of like, this is my role, this is my job, the content creation kind of does start to follow. But if we're, uh, there might still be some fear and anxiety, but it's almost like now I have to show up and do this because that's my job. It's like not showing up to your job. You don't just call in sick every day, right? You kind of have to. So once we understand that and identify with that, we're kind of going to start we, we almost like have to start having those success habits to build our business. Mm. So I'd be looking more at, well, what's going on before that? Uh, are you kind of, what's holding you back? And I've gone through this myself. You know, for me it was like, am I really good enough? Am I really an entrepreneur? Can I really call myself an entrepreneur? Can I really say I run a business? Can I really say this is, and that, all of that was what, was stopping me mm-hmm. from, from putting things out. So I think that's actually the first step is like how are you seeing yourself and what are you identifying with and how is that holding you back? Yeah, absolutely. And I would go on to say that um, if I look at my own experience of not wanting to write and not really enjoying writing and obviously I've worked uh, different ways to come around that from a repurposing perspective was there is absolutely, and I know everybody has that, there is rants that you have up and down your hallway when you've seen a client do something and you go, that they shouldn't have done it like that, it should have been done like this, and you, you see the fingers going. Um, so we all have those moments where we go, I wish somebody knew this, or I wish they hadn't done that, or if they'd only done this, it would have been so much better for them. We have the fresh eyes perspective, which is absolutely a golden nugget for other people because we get so in our own stuff, we don't see some of that stuff. So even if you start sharing content that are, are your rant moments, not perhaps delivered in the rant style, um, but you know, if you start with that um, that unpacking, we refer to it uh, as unpacking, you know, some of those things, what are some of those new I use it this what are some of those you idiot if you only knew this um, rants you don't pitch it like that but that's how it come how you can get it out of your head easier because we all have those dinner table conversations those rants up and down the hallway for me it's the rants to the dog you know oh um start with content there because that is absolutely going to help people and that's as you were saying moving from that you know am I this? Can I be that person to going, well, A, this is actually helpful. And then you're getting into that being of service mode. Mm, Yeah, totally. totally. Beautiful. So can you tell us a little bit um, about um, some of your easy ways to get started i know you certainly helped me out so if we if i ask that in a slightly different way so lauren and i were uh, met each other on linkedin as i do uh, most of my great connections and um etc and i was talking to lauren about oh no storytelling is not one of my easy things and i really don't like writing um and uh, lauren obviously does interviews and we talked about the six uh, six stories um and i can't express enough how um Oh, inspiring it was, but also how much, how easy it was to get into storytelling in a really fluid conversation uh, when somebody else is asking you the question. So do you want to tell us a little bit about your um, six uh, stories that every thought leader uh, should share with their audience? Yeah, totally, totally. So I guess um, just a little bit of backstory about sort of what happened for me, which was um because of this year which we all know like 2020 has been a year of chaos don't need to harp on about that too much but um for me I kind of was like the thing that I 
I guess I just really got stuck into doing was lots of podcasting. So I've been podcasting the last few years and I've interviewed, I think now it's about over, just over 200 experts in different areas of business and, um, and kind of having done that, what I noticed was that a lot of the people that I was interviewing were people who I guess were really knowledgeable but also had that hesitation like you were talking about, you know, kind of like, oh, can I put myself on camera, blah, and then they would show up and do something like this. They would do a live stream with me but they were like, Afterwards, they'd be like, oh, I'm terrified to put myself on camera by myself. But that was so easy. Like, that was great. That didn't even feel like we were live. That didn't even feel like, you know, and then I'd do the live stream and turn it into a podcast and they were great. And I just found that consistently happened. It really, to me, it didn't matter how much experience someone had had prior. Everyone who could get into that, as long as I could get them into that flow state of being in conversation, it was almost like the record button wasn't on. And so that kind of inspired me to look at how can I use that to help people tell their stories and get it out there. Because what I, I guess, feel like is a tragedy is when people have these gifts but they're kind of like buried treasure. You know, they, they've got this great problem they can solve. They've got this great talent um, but no one knows that they exist. They don't have a brand and they're not building their brand. So previously I had worked on doing things like, taking people through a half-day strategy workshop and we do an empathy map and then we do a content audit and we kind of do all these bits and pieces. And I'm like, those, all those things are important for, for a brand strategy and for marketing. But what I realized was actually there was a bit of a faster way to do that and get momentum. So what I started to look at was like, how can I combine the art of sort of interviewing with the science of brand building and put those two things together? So, <laughs> so I was like, okay, what about if I kind of look at doing interview prep work that actually is sort of the strategic piece, but we're looking at that with the goal of making content straight away because the front fresh- For America's climate goals, investing in clean energy adds up. But what doesn't add up is an additionality requirement for clean hydrogen. Additionality would put an unnecessary and inequitable burden on domestic clean hydrogen producers and have serious consequences for America. America needs clean hydrogen, but an additionality requirement just doesn't add up. Get the facts at cleanhydrogentoday.org. Paid for by the Fuel Cell and Hydrogen Energy Association. Station for, I was finding for some clients, was like, okay, great, we have a strategy now, but like, Where's the content? So I was like, how can we do this in the most cost-effective way and the most time-effective way because we're all busy. We don't have, you know, days and days to give up just just to put a strategy together. Um, So I designed these six interview formats to basically draw out all of that content and all of those sort of answers to questions that your ideal customer has. So um from in terms of those actual six stories and what they look like I actually wrote them down because I always forget what I called them now which is terrible and I should remember them but (laughs) there's six and they're kind of for people who are used to sort of storytelling frameworks and stuff they'll probably recognize them but essentially um there's like the Mythbuster interview which is about looking at what are those sort of widely held myths of your target market? What are they believing that isn't necessarily true? And how do we flip that? How do we how do we get our, our ideal customer, ideal audience to think about this in a different way? So how do we say, actually, no, you think it's this, but that's actually not the problem. This is the problem. So they get clarity straight away from that conversation. Um, the second one is the diagnostic. So looking at how do we actually help people realise what their core problem is because a lot of our audience can recognize their symptoms but they can't recognize their actual problem so helping them get some insight around that so that they start to go oh these symptoms that have been bugging me is actually because of this core problem that sally solves you know mm-hmm. that Warren solves that people listening solve um then the, the third format is the guide, which a lot of people would be familiar with. Essentially, it's the hero's journey. So looking at the, the experience that your customer goes on from the beginning of being in this problematic situation 
through to solving that problem with you as the guide and then achieving the results that they desire. Um, if I And if I'm going through these too fast, Sally, just tell me we can go back to that. <laughs> okay, go. Okay, go. Um, the fourth one is the recipe. So the recipe is more about what are those core sort of ingredients of success? So what are the things that if you took one of these ingredients away, um, the whole sort of thing falls apart. It's like without, you know, so um, one that I often think about that comes to the top of my head is like for financial um, freedom, a lot of financial advisors will talk about like you've got to have four core pillars of, of finance, you know, so you have to have like your estate planning set up, you have to have your superannuation. So I'm not giving financial advice or anything, but, you know, that, that, that kind of thing. Um, then you have uh, number five is the scenario. So the scenario is more looking at like what's an example and it could be a real case study or a couple of real case studies or it could be if you don't have, have case studies yet, it could be like a real world example. But looking at what happens when what I do isn't there, when you don't solve this problem and what happens when you do solve this problem. So actually demonstrating a real world example where this takes place. Um, and then the final one is the legacy and the, the legacy story is really important for, you know, communicating our vision, communicating our, our mission, why we're here, why we exist. And that can also be a really important story for us to tell to our employees, to people who want to come on board to the business. Yeah. Um, and so it's through having all these different conversations that then we've got basically you end up with, and I do do a bit of keyword analysis research first as well to look at what questions people are asking, kind of go, now we've got like three months worth of content. Like, I mean, you know, Sally, like we end up with like walls of content of just like here's your videos for the next three months that you can put online. It can be, I mean, someone asked about is this social media or is this marketing or is this business? Like it does it, it, you can put it in lots of different places, right? Like the, where you put it is kind of part of the repurposing. That's part of what, what your kind of expertise is in, right, Sally? But the, the actual getting those core stories out so then you can do stuff with them is really important. <laughs> Absolutely. And just to give a bit of context around that, because I think the key, there's a couple of key words that um, you say regularly, and I know we, when we have a conversation, it is in actual fact, what you're creating is really honest, open conversations that you would have with your client or a best friend over coffee. It's got that really nice warmth and feel to it. So it's instantly engaging. I know uh, from from my own experience uh, prior to catching up with Lauren was, you know, I'd go right. I need to tell my audience this. I'd have my little list of little list of questions, and I'd set my camera up, and I, and I'd be very, I'd be very businessy. But the difference that we've, <laughs> you're laughing. I know you've seen that side, <laughs> um, and it gets that bossiness in. Whereas when we had the conversations uh, that we, or the interviews when we did it. It was a very relaxed, it was very warm. The stuff that came out of my mouth that was obviously in my head that I didn't expect was amazing. So I found it a really, um, really lovely, easy way for me to create content um, and content was become would become really relevant to my audience. But just going back to some of the examples, Eva, I'm going to just very quickly touch on Robin, who we've both worked with. Um, we let's say it was three hours worth of content that we've, um, Lauren's done sort of the six interviews, the ability to repurpose them and put them into a process, into your business side of things, into your marketing side of things, and even into some of the business development side of things has been, extra has been extraordinary because we've created uh, three hours of videos went into, I think we're up to, I can't remember how many videos we're up to now, but um, it was three hours, it would be at least... 15, 20 videos. I know some of them, one video, we got nine smaller videos out of it and we haven't even finished slicing and dicing it up. And the reason that you've got those many opportunities is because the gold comes out of your mouth when you're in a comfortable conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That's the, the easiest way to get started and build momentum. So let's have a talk a bit more around that momentum side of things as well and then we'll come back to the business development and marketing. 
Well, um, firstly, thanks for thank you for the kind words, and I'm so glad you got so much out of it because this has been sort of like um, my playtime. You know, like this year has really been about, and I know you use that word, and I love I love that. I love this idea of being able to play, and um, that's what this year has sort of ended up being for me is an opportunity. Thankfully, I'm in a position where I could do that. Where I was like, I'm going to try some new things out because this this year has a lot of curveballs in it and it was through that experimentation and going like how I actually think there's something here and when I actually looked at like the neuroscience as well behind it it's like there there is a art and there's a science to why conversations are so brilliant for making content what happens is like right now Sally you and I are like Constantly our brain's like, let's get on the same wavelength because we're in conversation. We need to be able to, you know, check in and ensure that we're actually communicating and we're saying the same thing. Are you saying what I'm thinking? And then as people, and this is what I love about live streaming, as people are commenting and asking us questions, same thing. You're kind of part of the conversation and the dialogue going, guys, just clarify this for a second or what do you mean by this, which is brilliant, which is so, so exciting. That's what our world now allows us to do. But when we're sort of like just, I mean, and speakers would know this as well, when you're speaking in a live audience, you it's a two-way dialogue. Technically people aren't speaking but people laugh and people are engaged or people yawn or walk out. Like, you know, am I on the same wavelength? When we sit there by ourselves and put a camera in front of our face and go, i got to say interesting stuff now, <laughs> it's really hard. <laughs> very very hard there is absolutely no connection and guess what it comes across and that's what I've loved is is um is the ability to have conversations is to really have that energetic connection and that's what a from a marketing perspective draws people to us but also it enables you to actually share those tips uh, and got moved from that very bossy state when you're sort of trying to do something into that very humble state of actually going into service. It's all around that energy exchange and that uh, connection through real conversations. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So from a building momentum perspective, let's touch on that because I know that's an area that um, people have struggled to get started. And mm. then they get sort of, they get started, um, they might have repurposed some of their content, but how do they continue to keep that momentum moving forward? And then we'll perhaps come back into the uh, business development and marketing side of things. Yeah, absolutely. So I guess um, I kind of think of it as like the str a strategy is only as good as the science it's based on and the success habits that follow on from it. So if we're not thinking about habits, if we're not thinking about what am I doing every day? Like it's it's not really going to stick. I'm actually reading a great book at the moment, Atomic Habits by James Clear, which I highly recommend. I can see you already like, yes, it's so, so good, right? And um, and it's really taught me a lot about how I can better serve my clients as well because I did fall into that trap of also thinking we can just plan and then we can make this and then move on to the next thing. And Unfortunately, <laughs> life doesn't quite work like that, right? And it loses its humanness. I've actually just coming out of that cycle where I've gone plan, 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 get it out there, get it all structured, all the rest of it. And I'm looking back at some of my stuff now going, hmm, it's lost its salliness and it's lost its humanness. So there needs to be that balance. Yes, you can do some planning, but there needs to be um, some relevance. And I do also think with COVID, it's shortened, shortened cycles. So where we used to be able to plan further ahead, there's so much change and people are, do I dare say, more almost accepting the speed in which things have changed. So you need to be changeable and uh, flexible enough and adaptable enough to be able to can keep being really relevant. Yeah, absolutely. And it's sort of, I think it's sort of like if we, so so when I think about some of the things that I've done this year that have helped most in terms of momentum, they're like things that you might not expect as well. Like one of the things that like just kept my business going was the fact that I got up early and went for a walk or a swim every day. Like that's a, that's a massive part of like, so I think 
we can talk about momentum from that that aspect of yeah you need to keep looking at the content and and we we need to look at how that content is performing and those kinds of things but also it can be how am I taking care of myself how am I making sure I'm not burning out how do I just do a little bit every day Mm. not not everything or how do I just do a little bit every day to keep showing up you know um I, I'm laughing at that. Let's do all it all at once, and then you go. I'm tired now. So yeah, it, it's, yeah, very much that balance of doing, and that's where I think the Atomic Habits um, scenario comes into place. It's it's getting that balance of um, your daily success habits. So you know what keeps you nourished, um, and then what in what ways do you nourish your audience? So what have you noticed that's just changed or trended? And I know, you know you do a lot of this, Lauren. Um, you know, what's shifted in the marketplace that's relevant for your audience to know. Those little gold nuggets where you can just say, hey, have you noticed that this is happening too? Those sorts of things are very great, uh, very good resources for other people as it relates to to content and those sorts of things. So it's just, I use the term um, being a translator or being a sense maker of what's going on in the world for your audience from Mm. your perspective. Because Mm. we've all perspective and our perspective may actually assist somebody else see a different version for themselves or of themselves yeah absolutely and you mentioned something there around like topics and trends and I want to pick up on it a little bit because if that's okay just because this is kind of part of what I'm thinking about when it comes to content planning and content auditing as well is like when you're looking at so I actually have like a free template on my website if people are interested in understanding like step-by-step step how a content audit works yeah. but when if you're just looking for okay this is um this got heaps of likes and it got heaps of comments so I must I, I must need to do more of this stuff you also need to look at it in the context of like <clears throat> was it that it was a trending topic or is it that it's an evergreen topic and people love that topic so for instance in this year there's certain things that people have been searching for more like zoom right everyone's like how do i use zoom like i know someone who who built their channel off answering questions about zoom because it became so relevant i've been using zoom for two years right and i know sally you've been using zoom for that's not new for me but like it was it wasn't really that interesting for people two years ago because it wasn't relevant so you know, I've got a video on Zoom that has like hardly any views and I know other people have 100,000 views. So you've got to look at, don't just look at the content in terms of, oh, it was about this, must make more of this. It's also what was happening that week. What did people say? Who shared it? Um, you know, where did you put it? Or all those kinds of things. Oh, and just got a couple comments about videos staying on Zoom. I th- in the context we were just talking about there is we've, uh, Lauren, and I think I haven't done any myself, but Lauren and a couple of other people I know specifically do education-related uh, videos uh, on Zoom as a topic and as a product and have them uploaded onto YouTube and those sorts of things. So, uh, and yes, uh, Zoom is uh, like uh, Skype as well. Yeah, it's just going on for that. So Lauren, we've got a few minutes left. So I would like to come back if we may to that, the difference between sales and marketing mm. and uh, business development. So I'll let you do your little bit and I'll add the Sally rants because my community is going to go, oh God, no, here she goes again. So we'll hear it from you first. <laughs> I just want to hear your rant, but... Um, <laughs> so, um, I mean, I kind of look at it, so I, t- I tend to talk about it in terms of brand, right? So um, the way I work is I'm a brand builder. I help people build brands and I use marketing to help us do that. I don't do business development for other people. I do it for myself, right? But I'm always saying to people, I'm like, you can't have one, not the other. So you've got brand building activities and then you've got um, people call it different things like sales activation is how I tend to think of it. But in the sense of brand building is about how do we make sure that people know about you, even if they're not intending to buy from you ever. It's more about how do people know that, oh, that's that person or that's that business that solves this problem. They have mental availability in my head. They occupy a space in my head. 
Like everyone here probably knows the brand Toyota. You know what Toyota does. You might never buy from Toyota, but you're like, I know who Toyota is. And amongst a big pop- enough population, that means that people are going to buy, right? Because they're like, or they're going to show up to, to buy. So brand building is more about creating the, the cue and creating the craving going from Atomic Habits for people to go, okay, it might need that. No, that's available. Mm-hmm. Where I see sales activation more as going, let's make it really easy for people when they're ready, when they're at the point of actually considering whether they want to make a purchase or not, let's make it really easy for them to buy from us and let's make it really clear about what sort of results they're going to get. So it's more um, promotional. It might be one-on-one calls with people. It might be doing demos. It might be doing um, showing your featured products. But it's more about you're at that consideration phase. Let me give you more information now that you're ready to buy. So that's how I think about it in my head. But like, I'm more interested in your your rant. <laughs> I'll just go back. Uh, at the end, we'll just uh, pop in the chat box too. Somebody's just asking about the videos around Zoom. So if you've got some videos, I've also got a, a friend uh, and speaker buddy that talks a lot on um, Zoom and how to use it, which is Warwick Merry. And if uh, who's the person that you've... We're oh, Anthony English. Yeah, so just a couple of names there that do uh, how to use Zoom really, really well, et cetera, just so that person's got um, some answers and some resources there. So my, um, I suppose my rant around marketing, business development and sales is I see a lot of people that will just do market, but I'm marketing, I've got my marketing out there, I'm posting, I'm doing content, I'm doing all this. Okay, great. Um, But I still don't have any leads. Mm. Okay. How many people have you had a conversation with? No, 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 I'm doing marketing. So marketing's great. Marketing's your content. It's telling your stories. It's posting tips. It's education. But if you're doing that and waiting for people to come into you, um, one of my, um, I've got a visual, I haven't got it in this office. I've just changed office. Is a man standing on a mountain with his mouth open, waiting for roast duck to fly in. <laughs> You can see where I'm going with this. So marketing is about creating the inspiration, the activity, allowing people to know about you. Your business development is having the conversations. So that can be invitations. So if you're creating content, you've got call to actions. Hey, if you want want help with this, I've got a free something or other coming up. You're inviting people along the journey with you to come along with you. So to me, that's sits. Um, you've got your content, which is your marketing. You've got your little call to action, which is starting to lead into the um, business development. That opportunity gives you the chance to actually have a conversation to people. Now, I do a lot of LinkedIn lead generation, obviously for my own business, but I also do it for clients as well. And that's all around not having that icky sales conversation, but it's a, hey, you look really interesting. Well, that's actually how I think we ended up meeting is we sort of went, oh, my God, you know, connected on LinkedIn, got excited and, you know, um, a business development activity or having a conversation to somebody may not lead to a sale. It may lead to a collaboration. It may need to lead to a new door opening, but that is actually business development. It may, may not be with that one specific person, but that's how you create these multiple opportunities for yourself. One of the other biggest areas that I see people fall down in is, is doing that, but I'm not sales. No. So therefore I'm not in sales. I'm not going to have a sales process. Um, but I'll get somebody to do that for me. But you can only get somebody to do that for you if you can actually show them and walk them through your sales process. So they're just sort of some of the problems that I'll, people will come along to me, um, which are just sort of trying to fix them around around the wrong way or just trying to do them all singularly. That To me, they're not necessarily in silos. You sort of see a lot of corporates operate in silos. When you've got it in your own business, you've got your marketing, You've got your business development activities and then you've got your sales process and they all work fluidly with each other. In my view, they're a conversation and an invitation. Mm-hmm. I love that. I also love the idea of business development not just being about um, having conversations with that individual who will buy because I think it's sort of – I actually say that as well with marketing in the sense of like – 
one of the activities I often get clients to do is a key stakeholder map where I'm like, don't just think about your, and it depends how complex the, the, the user journey is. It depends how complex, you know, like how many different hoops and approval processes you need to jump through and stuff. But I'm like, you need to influence whoever is going to make a decision around this. And that could be if generally it's that. So for instance, I know like a lot of accountants, the way a lot of accountants get business is because other business providers are saying, you need an accountant, work with this person. Or, you know, vice versa, it's like I end up getting business because other people in business who are servicing clients are going, you need a, a brand strategist, you need someone to help you with your with your content marketing, you need someone to help you here. So it's like they're way more influential than having a, a direct because they they might have 20 conversations like that and I can't have all of those conversations so I, I think it's um, really important that we don't just think about the customer we think about all of those uh, so yeah I completely agree with you I think it's an awesome rant I love it <laughs> and that sort of ties in and we're just really getting close really 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 close to the end so that sort of ties in from that whole repurposing existing resources so when I think of any connection any invitation you make it comes back to networking networks you just never know who could lead to who so that's why you, it's always conversational it's invitational because that's where you find and discover your own opportunities so very, very quickly, um, Lauren, how and where can people best get in contact with you? Um, and then we might just need to wind it up fast. <laughs> yeah, so LinkedIn. LinkedIn is where I hang out the most. Just look up Lauren Crest with K. Um, or you can go to laurencrest.com. They're probably the two, two easiest ways. Beautiful. Thank you very, very much. I know we can continue this conversation and continue the rants and the tips, etc. But regardless, thank you so much for sharing everything with us. People can get hold of um, the uh, brand strategy book on Lauren's website and with the, our links as well um, today. So, again, thank you very, very much, Lauren. Take care. Thanks, Sally. Thank you very, very much. And I look forward to speaking with you more next week. Take care. That's it for this week's episode. Thank you so much for joining us. I trust you got some inspirational tips to move you forward. See you next Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern for more Success Secrets Exposed.